everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel. And every weekend we're here, we're doing life together, and we're so glad you've joined us. Chris, I'm watching you again via Skype. I can at least see you in this process, but we're not exactly sitting in the studio together, are we? Right, we are doing our part, and uh, you know, everyone is still saying, uh, I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but we are still in that, you know, stay away from each other phase, and so that's what we're doing today. <laughs> I don't think it's stay away from each other, I think it's stay home. <laughs> That's right. That's your interpretation of that. <laughs> it, it, it works great with family members if you can... <laughs> Stay away from each other. Right, right. Well, so you're doing okay? Are you doing okay staying home? We are. You know, I'll have to go into the office occasionally for some things that really have to be taken care of. But other than that, we just... Uh, we're hanging out here. We're getting in some really great family time, and we're getting a lot of yard work done, that's for sure. I see people mulching and doing all kinds of stuff outside, at least if you live somewhere where it's warm enough to do that, which both of you and I do. Well, listen, I have to go in also a few times. I am a considered an essential worker at the med school, so I have to go in. I have a course going, but I'm doing it all via WebEx and those online platforms. But, you know, I think because the weather's gotten nicer, I'm out walking every day. That helps, and I, I don't know about you, but the weather change to something warmer has really helped my mood. And uh, speaking of weather, Chris, my brother in Maine just got six inches of snow. <laughs> Not this time of year, no. I know. And so that would make me very impatient for spring if I was in that. I know that a lot of our listeners in the Chicago area, you know, Minneapolis, all those northern states. And I do remember an Easter where Norm and I could not get out to church mm. one Easter because there was a massive ice storm and we could not get our car to roll out of the parking lot because it was just pure ice. <laughs> this time of year, pure ice, you can't even get to church. That that would I know. Yeah. It was bad. Easter, Easter service that time. So, you know, this is my second Easter, not being able to go to a church. Wow. Let's go back for a second then. So you do have things going on and it is spring. So would you say that you are... Stir crazy? I'm okay because I'm going out a little bit, but I think, again, there's this a little bit of impatience growing in me like everybody else. How about you? Uh, you know, we, like I said, we have the yard work and the kids, and we're putting in some raised beds in the backyard, so that sort of takes up some of the time. And, again, you know, we do get out for a few things, but uh, we are sort of staying put. And one of the most difficult things during this stay-at-home time is – really waiting to see what happens. I mean, we wait for <laughs> toilet paper, uh, hand sanitizers, masks, and, and whatever else we need to fight this virus. But we're also waiting just to get back to work. We're waiting on the vaccine, waiting for the, the curve to flatten. We've heard a lot about that, too. And we're waiting to see our family and friends in person again. I have to be honest with you, this technology is great, but talking to people over the phone and a computer is getting a little old. Yeah, it's not quite the same. There's, so there's just lots of waiting. And, you know, waiting is honestly not my strongest suit. And I bet that's true of a lot of people who are listening right now. I know that this is an area I need to work on. I don't like to wait. That was an issue for me prior to the pandemic. <laughs> so, you know, now I, I don't like long lines. I don't like having to wait for, um, you know, a delivery, uh, mm. even though it's pretty fast, I have to say. But there's a lot of impatience that can happen right now with people and even things. And I often feel like that white rabbit in Alice in Wonderland <laughs> who used to run around going, I'm late, I'm right. late for a very important date. 
I kind of feel like, let's get moving, let's get going, let's, you know, let's get things rolling. And so waiting is really hard for me. And for those of us who don't like to wait, you know, we can get impatient. And now our patience is, is being tried even more than usual. The pandemic can, it can really bring out the best and the worst in people. I think that's so true because of what I just said is that a lot of us had impatience problems prior to the pandemic. And we've, we've been so used to getting things now getting them immediately when we want to. We're a culture Mm of uh, instant gratification. So we are really being tested in this area. Maybe one of the good things then we can learn is that while we're quarantined, we can really work on developing our patients Mm. because we're being tested in new ways and we really don't have much of a choice. So why not use this time to learn to become more patient? Yeah, there's really nothing else to do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what is it about waiting that makes it so hard one of the issues with waiting is that it often requires you to be still or to be quiet that means kind of a kind of a slowing down you have to stop you have to be still and i know that's not the way most of us are wired to do life we often rush out to do things we pick up fast food we're dropping off kids to activities we're running around for appointments and then at the end of the day we tend to just fall on the couch too exhausted to do much because we've been so busy so this time of forced waiting has caused us all to slow down mm. a little bit. I do notice this less frenzied approach that everyone is taking. There's nothing to rush to. And one of the frustrating things about waiting is that it feels passive, but really uh, it, it's not passive, is it? It isn't, and that's a really good point. So to wait means to be diligent in the process, which is an active thing that you do, not a passive thing that you do. During this pause that we're taking, we remain diligent and we trust that waiting will bear fruit, specifically the slowing down of the virus and safety for more people. I mean, that's why we're doing all this waiting. You know, it's a a little bit like a child who eagerly uh, waits on Easter morning to find the hidden basket and treasure. (laughs) You know, we've heard that saying before, Chris, good things come to those who wait. Now we can practice and we can cultivate this. So maybe it's about finding the hidden treasures in waiting. Does waiting make us happier or does it make us unhappy? Well, it depends on your attitude while you're waiting. I waited seven years to have a successful pregnancy. That waiting didn't make me happy. I wouldn't say that, but it did change me in very positive ways that we can talk about a little bit later in the show. But there are many studies that tell us that waiting for things does actually make us happier. And I can't tell you the joy of having my children when it finally did happen so many years later. Maybe it was a greater joy. So what is behind feeling so impatient? Impatience can be rooted in a, in a lack of trust. I really think that is key for most people. We get impatient in the Starbucks line because we don't think they're working fast enough to keep us from being late. Or we become impatient with our neighbor because we don't trust that they're really gonna mow their lawn or they're gonna follow the neighborhood <laughs> rules. And then we become impatient with our spouse because we don't think that they will do what they say. We can become impatient with our kids because they have broken the rules or they didn't follow through on their promises to get things done. All of those, Chris, involve trust. I notice that I can become impatient when someone isn't doing things the way I think they should be done. That's a bigger trigger for impatience, thinking you know better. And this type of impatience is rooted in thinking that somehow people should do things the way we think they should do them. And if we're honest about that, it really comes from a place of pride. Oh, great. Now there's conviction. I get convicted on this program a lot. This is a problem I deal with as well. And I think a lot of you listening are having that same issue with patients. So it is a good idea then to take some time during this pandemic and think about what 
makes us rush around and become so impatient? I think so. It, it might be a good time to stop our mental to-do lists that swirl around in our head because those can become traffic jams in our brains. Think about it for a moment. When we have so much to do and so many things in our brain, we get intolerant when anything gets in our way because it, it gets in the way of us getting things done. When we multitask, then get interrupted, we get stressed, we get impatient with others, mm -hmm. and this then becomes that state of hurry, hurry, hurry. So what is a good way to slow that process down? Start with awareness, using mindfulness, which is just becoming aware of your thoughts, thinking, why am I so impatient at this moment? What's driving this? And what emotion am I feeling? And because we're at home and we're not so busy, we have a lot of time to think about this. So ask yourself, why am I being so impatient right now? So it's taking time to be more self-aware. Yes, and that can be a good thing that comes out of this time. If you work on this, you'll be better at slowing yourself down, and you'll begin to cultivate patience. It helps us to know what sets you off, too, and then you can work on not reacting impatiently to that stress or that trigger. So it's really, Chris, an issue of identifying the stress or the trigger that's starting to get you feeling very impatient. Well, I'll ask you now, as you're listening at home or maybe you're in the drive-thru waiting on that coffee, to practice patience right now by waiting until after the break for more ideas on how to become a more patient person. There's no doubt about it, we are definitely living in the text, Twitter, and email age. The handwritten note has become quite the relic. But just because we don't write much with pen and paper anymore doesn't mean we should forsake the kind and encouraging message. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, the Relationship Doctor, and I want to encourage you to share a kind word. Even if it's a text, the power of telling a friend you're thinking of them, complimenting a success, or just saying, hey, hang in there, can make all the difference. If you've ever had your day interrupted by just a quick but genuine message from someone close, you know how a thought can raise your spirits, rejuvenate your mind, or help you stick on a difficult path because someone just cares. While you're listening right now, someone may come to mind, someone you can encourage with a few words. Take a minute and text, tweet, or email that person. Tell them you value them and the part they play in your life. It just might change their whole day. This is the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and let me remind you to check out Dr. Linda's books and blogs. Just go to her website, drlindamental.com, and follow her on social media. And don't forget, you can subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes as well. And today we're talking about our developing patience. And we noted that even before the pandemic, most of us could work on this area in our lives. So we start with the awareness of the problem. Then what? Well, you could start with small things. You could wait to watch that TV show. I, I tried this the other day. I was on one of those Netflix things where you can, it just keeps going. You know, it just keeps going to the next episode. Right. Mm -hmm. But you could practice waiting by just saying, no, I'm going to, I'm going to wait. I'm going to turn it off now. I'm going to wait and do something else and then come back to it. Or you could wait to eat that snack since it's so close to dinner. So just practice putting off the instant and giving yourself more time before you do something. If you start doing that with small things, you can start applying this to bigger things and more irritating things. And that is good. And uh, what else, Dr. Linda? I know we often talk about changing our mindset. How does that apply now? Patients will be much easier if you switch from being upset with what isn't happening 
and you focus more on what you can be thankful for. I've really tried to do this, Chris. I really tried to not keep thinking I'm losing this. I'm missing this. I can't do this. When you do that and you focus on what you can be thankful for, you're going to start feeling less stressed. You're going to be more optimistic. So it's a change of mindset. That's what helps you when you're trying to develop patience. You're doing something like thankfulness on a daily basis, or you might decide, oh, I'm going to start a gratitude exercise where every single day I'm going to rehearse something good, something I'm thankful for. If you start to do that every day, it's going to shift your thinking in the right direction, and it's going to make you more patient. So you want us to practice gratitude. Can you give an example? Yeah, so we just had this very unique Easter. <laughs> I couldn't be with any of my family except mm. my husband. Right. I was glad he was there. Uh, we could not go to church. We could not cook the big meal and have people join us like we always do in years past. We couldn't do the Easter baskets and all the other tradition. Now, if I focused on those things, I would feel way more impatient with this pandemic. But if I focus on what was good about that day, didn't have to dress up, like I do every day for work. My Easter outfit was very easy. <laughs> it was basically uh, Lululemon pants and a, and a T-shirt. You know, now I'm in comfortable clothing. I don't have to think about that. I don't have to worry about what I'm going to wear. Maybe that's a small thing, but it's somewhat freeing. And we're fortunate to still have jobs. So we grilled steaks. We had a different but delicious meal. We talked to our kids on FaceTime. So at least we got to kind of see them. And then we walked a couple of miles because it was a beautiful day. We called some old friends, Chris. We connected because we had the time to do that. And we saw our neighbors. And then I thought, well, we're healthy. All of that, thinking about all of that that we were grateful for is a positive shift from that negativity. And when we do all of that, it not only decreases our stress, but it really does improve our patients. You know, Dr. Linda, on Easter, we actually dressed up. You did? We did. We watched our church online, but we sat in the living room dressed up as if we had gone to church. <laughs> did, you, did your girls have Easter dresses? They did, yes. Yeah, so see, I, if I had children and they had outfits, I probably would have done the same thing. Mm -hmm. But when it was just Norm and I, it was like, okay, I'm staying in the, the yoga pants and <laughs> I'm going to be comfortable. But we had a great meal, so that was good. Yeah, I mean, you guys are in jeans and grilled out. I should have gone to your place. I know. It was actually really delicious. It wasn't the typical ham that we always do, though. Mm. But we had steak, so it was equally good. And you know what a great cook Norm is. Well, that shift of focus that you were talking about sounds um, important, pandemic or no pandemic. What else can we do? We really need to readily embrace the uncomfortable. We have placed a high priority on comfort in our culture. When something happens out of our comfort zone, and we're certainly out of our comfort zone now, we get impatient. But embracing discomfort, whether it's that feeling that is yucky and negative, but when we embrace that uncomfortable feeling at times and we try not to escape it or we don't medicate it, which is a very important thing not to do, uh, we embrace the change that's happening, then this is all helpful to growing our patients. We have to get away from the idea that we should just be comfortable all the time, Chris. We have to do better at really tolerating discomfort. Mm, this sounds like a good lesson to uh, practice and then, of course, teach to our kids. Uh, they watch us, and when we face something uncomfortable, then, then they see how we handle it. Right. And if we push those uncomfortable feelings away, so will they. If we try to escape through substances or unhealthy websites, movies or TV or addictions of any kind, then we're not growing and we're not learning how to deal with that discomfort that we feel. And that is a life lesson. We are going to feel uncomfortable many times in our life. 
I can tell you, Chris, this is a theme I've seen in people who come for therapy, and it's the basis for a lot of anxiety that people feel. We have to learn to tolerate bad feelings and move through those feelings, not avoid or medicate them. That's such a great point because our culture is all about avoiding these bad feelings, distracting us and focusing us only on happy feelings. And what about using those relaxation techniques that we have mentioned on several of our shows to relax the body and the mind as a way of helping to tolerate distress? Those techniques are really helpful. When you feel distress and impatience is rising and you take some deep breaths and calm down your physical body. When you are sitting in traffic, instead of blowing the horn and yelling at the next car to move up, just take a few breaths and say, I can do this. I can calm myself down. I can wait. I can wait patiently and I can do this. And you can physically relax your mind and body, which is the key to becoming more patient. Whatever brings you to a calmer place, do that. So if you have to look at a photo of somebody to calm yourself down or play a song that helps you relax, read a poem, maybe a scripture, just know a few things that you can do to really calm down that sense of tension that you're having in your body. If you calm your soul and start meditating on the Lord, it really takes you out of a self-centered place and it puts you into a more calm place. I think some of us come by patience a lot better than others. But the point you're making is that all of us can practice and then get better. Uh, sort of like an athlete, some people have more athletic skills and, and don't have to work so hard than others have to train. So maybe a lot of us are more in our own spring training right now. Well, that's a great way to put it. This is spring training for becoming more patient. Hopefully we're working on things by doing things like not being overtired, not being too hungry, not being overly stressed because all those things will lead to impatience if we don't manage them. So use this time to reset those things. Control the things you can, and then recognize there is stress, like finances and health, that we can't can always control. But we do what we can, and we know we won't be alone in the comeback from all this inactivity. Patience is really the ability to be calm in the face of adversity. And we do better in some areas than others. We can recognize that, too. We might be more patient with our spouse than our kids, for example. Just recognize mm -hmm. where you need to focus. What about when you feel like you are absolutely about to lose it? You take a few deep breaths, but you feel like you might blow up. I think it helps to step back and look at the big picture. Something is really irritating you, but what is the big picture in that situation? We're all in close quarters, we're out of our comfort zones, we're uncertain about so many things. So what do we need to do to get through this difficult time without hurting those around us? Think about the end goal. It won't be like this forever, so we don't want to do hurtful things to each other. So pull back and look at the unique circumstances, but remember the goal is to be safe and stop the spread. Then you can put things in perspective. I recommend having this end goal type of conversation with those in your home on a regular basis. What is the end goal here? We are all giving up things, doing things differently. But why are we doing this? Just keep the bigger picture in mind. I think we could go back to that picture of the athlete. Uh, athletes who train, it hurts, but they keep their eye on the goal of winning the race. Exactly. So pull back from the moment and remember the goal. Well, I'm going to pull back and remember that we need to take a short break. We're talking about how to become more patient. More to come on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Everyone worries, don't they? Well, just listen to the nightly news or read the economic forecast or even talk to your family. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel. Opportunities to worry present themselves many times during our day. So why would God tell us not to worry when it almost seems like it's impossible? 
First, he knows the physical damage worry does to our bodies. Second, he wants to calm us down by taking the burden of control away from us. Hey, we don't have control, no matter how much we think we do, he does. And third, he wants us to trust him. The root of worry is doubting God. Doubt is not trusting that God is who he says he is, or he will do what he says he will do. So every day, take your worries to God. Rehearse his goodness, accept his grace, and walk in the confidence that he is in control and he's working all things for your good. Dr. Linda, one of our listeners asked this question. Sometimes I'm so overcome with worry and anxiety that I I think I'm losing my mind. Seems I've tried everything from drugs to meditation. Why doesn't anything work? Well, I'm so sorry that your life seems so unmanageable and overwhelming. Too often, though, it does seem nearly impossible to live in peace and contentment because of all the craziness in our world. Did you know that God's plan for handling worry is so simple and yet so perfect that you can begin using it today? Did you know that starting right now, you can begin to cultivate a worry-free life? These aren't pie-in-the-sky promises. They're God's prescription for you to thrive and to soar past your anxiety and worries. Try this. The next time you begin to feel overwhelmed by life's pressures and worry clouds your mind with negative thoughts and depression, say what King David prayed. The Lord is my strength and my shield. Remind yourself that my heart trusts in Him and I am helped. I have so much more good news for you. I hope you'll find it in my book, Letting Go of Worry. Thanks, Dr. Linda. Now that's great advice. You can find God's plan for your peace and contentment in Dr. Linda's book, Letting Go of Worry. It's available wherever you buy your books online. This is the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and let me remind you to check out Dr. Linda's books and blogs. Just go to her website, drlindamental.com, and follow her on social media. And Dr. Linda, there are so many great blogs on your website that have really been helping people during this pandemic. And uh, don't forget, you can subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes as well. But we've really focused on the pandemic and they have been helpful. And when you go to the iTunes, you can see all of the different topics on fear and anxiety and worry and the things that are, like you said, kind of front and center here during this time. So we're very grateful that our show is being podcast. I mean, so many people are able to just pick it up at any time and listen to it and be encouraged. So it's great. Well, as we move to the end of the show, let's spend a little time talking about the spiritual importance of waiting. I can't help but think about how the psalmist says, show me your ways, teach me, Lord, to wait. He knows the importance of this. But that's a dangerous thing to ask God, isn't it? (laughs) I'm a little reluctant to say that, but it is in the scripture. And that's because waiting builds our faith. It does produce perseverance and endurance. Scripture tells us to wait and not grow faint, to run but not grow weary. Waiting allows God to renew our strength in weary times. And not surprisingly, the act of waiting is addressed multiple times in the Bible. So God knows how we're designed. He knows what we struggle with. The preferred response, though, is to trust that he is working on our behalf, even when we don't see it, Chris. And waiting requires an an expectancy. We wait for help, for vaccines, and for a slowdown of the virus. But in reality, our expectancy is in the Lord and trusting him. That's probably the most important thing we can say today. 
We're thankful that scientists are working on cures and vaccines. We're thankful for all the healthcare workers and all the people that are involved in helping. But ultimately, we need to recognize that our true help comes from the Lord. And so that is a psalm. It's a wonderful psalm to remind yourself. So as we wait for a return to some sense of normalcy, or our job really during this time is to trust the one who holds it all in his hands, we have to keep reminding ourselves, if God is for us, who or what can be against us? Mm, that is true. And what do we need to remember spiritually to help build our patience during this time? What truths are helpful? If you set your mind on the truths of God's Word, it really makes a big difference in not only your mood, but it will help that sense of trying to develop patience, which is something that we all want to do because it's something the Bible tells us is important. You might want to review some of these with your friends or families that you love. But the first one is to remind yourself, God is listening. He hears our cries for help. He's hearing us. He's listening to us. Sometimes it doesn't feel that way. And we want to remember that God is present and he's a help in trouble, as we just mentioned. He's not distant. He's not uninvolved. I know some people think that. They think that God is somehow up there in the sky and just letting this all play out. But I believe that God is very involved in our day-to-day doings and that we can partner with him on so many things. And you know, God often works in unexpected ways. He doesn't always answer our prayers in ways uh, that we expect, but he does answer. And that's a hard one sometimes, isn't it? Because we think God should answer a certain way. We think we know the timing for things and, (laughs) and the way it should go, but it's better to trust God than our own understanding. And while it's hard to trust what we don't see, We don't have the big picture, or we don't know what is happening behind the scenes, but God does. So that's another reason to trust Him. That came from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, where you don't lean on your own understanding, but lean in God's. He sees the entire thing. You know, we don't. And God is sovereign. He's either good and in control, or He's not. But He certainly has it all under His control. And then another one that I think is important is that we are all called to be strong and take courage. That, to me, if we can stand in this difficult time and to be strong in our faith, this is what is called true resiliency. This is how we build our faith and we build our patience as well. And, you know, God's timing is the right timing. We have multiple biblical examples of impatient actions creating future problems. And then you can look at people today and they'll tell you, you know, I thought I needed this now, but after I waited... I realized, ah, God had a plan for that. It's always easier to look back at it and say, I can see why God you know, waited on that instead of us in the middle of it feeling so impatient for why isn't God acting. And then the final truth that we all need to hang on to is our hope is in Christ. We can stand on his promises and the eternal blessings that he has for us. So like you, I'm practicing patience and I'm waiting. Maybe the slowdown is good in that we are building our patience. Our demand for more and immediate has taken a backseat out of necessity. Our focus is shifting from self-sufficiency to more dependence on God, and that's a good thing. We see our need for Him as well when we wait. The problem before us is great, and we ask for God's grace and mercy, but in this process of waiting, we strengthen our heart. So let me close with a scripture from Psalm 27, 14, which says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer, Norm Mintel, our engineer, and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes the show a conversation from all of us here at Faith Radio. We'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're here, we're doing life together, 
And it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.